DDCO at the plate. He's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And boy, folks, have we got one for you today. We attended our first White Sox game of the season on Friday, April 29th. It was White Sox versus Angels, so we got to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Uh, and even for a White Sox game, this one was pretty zany. But before we get to those <laughs> antics, it is episode number 161. So, Jeremy, who is your 161 guy? I just want to say, Jack, the the phrase, the, the coupling of the two phrases, boy, have we got one for you this week. We went to our we went to a White Sox game. Like they should almost be like, you know, that's so that's like a compound sentence. Uh, yes. <laughs> but um, but yes, it was a, definitely a doozy this week. Um, so let's you know, let's 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 hurry up and get to it. Uh, Jack, my number 161 guy is Juan Samuel. Ah, yeah, I, I was uh, very aware of Juan Samuel. I always kind of liked him as a, when I was a kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, another one of these guys, I, I, I want to pick just, like, Latin players from, like, the 80s and 90s just so I can learn, like, what country they were from because just that was just wasn't kind of talked about back then. But he's, he's, he's from the Dominican Republic, but he went to high school in Puerto Rico, so that's kind of interesting. Um, but Juan Samuel, he actually has a better career than I thought he did. Um, I know him from the Phillies. Uh just on the Phillies for a long time and like honestly then like just bounced around to a lot of different teams which I don't think I would have I think if you would have pressed me I would have said that he was a lifetime Philly I just don't really know him as any other team but he played on like six different teams I think aside from the Phillies uh but he played for for the Phillies for seven years um the longest out of his 16-year career um and uh had some interesting numbers. Had a lot of plate appearances and at bats uh, early on in his career. Um, his his second year, his like first full season, he made the All Star team. He finished twenty first in voting, second in Rookie of the Year voting. Had nineteen triples, which is pretty cool, but one hundred sixty eight strikeouts. So then he like led the league in strikeouts, uh, or was tied for the lead uh, in strikeouts. His uh, <laughs> every like his every of his first four full seasons, which is kind of crazy. Um, won a Silver Slugger Award um, one year in 1987, which was also an all-star year and also, again, led the league in triples. Um, and then I guess just kind of pretty much like was relegated to like uh, kind of like a, a bench utility guy. Um, started up until 1991, his age 30 season, where he also made the all-star uh, game with the Dodgers, but obviously um, had a career 161 homers. Um, and, uh, yeah, career 259 average. Um, I don't know, just, uh, interesting guy. He also had like a hell of a Jerry curl back in the day. That's another thing I remember from Juan Samuel. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he had some pretty gaudy stolen base numbers early in his career. Um, you know, seemed to be a speed guy, stole almost 400 bases for his career, 396. Uh, yeah, the strikeout numbers are interesting though. He always hit for a pretty high average, um, you know, in those years, especially, uh, but he just he, he almost never walked he uh, in 84 that was the his second full season like you mentioned he had 737 plate appearances and he only walked 28 times so uh, he did not he did not go up there to walk uh, his numbers would improve a little bit over the over the years for that but uh, he seems like a guy who went up there and and took his hacks um, I think he's coaching now too if I'm not mistaken 
Yeah, I know. I think that I've seen him um, as a th- first base coach or a third base coach or something like that. Yeah, he even I guess he even managed the uh, the Orioles in 2010 for um, looks like 51 games, I believe. Oh wow! Okay, nice. Well, uh, yeah, definitely a baseball lifer. Uh, Juan Samuel. Uh, always always nice to see those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's uh, that's Juan Samuel. Jack, who do you got? Yeah, I have Ricky Weeks, uh, yep. otherwise known as Ricky Weeks Jr., um, towards the end of his career. Uh, did we just talk about Ricky Weeks? Was he in the Worst of Fame episode? Um, I, I'd have to imagine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, um, I guess just to say a few more things about him. Uh, huge disappointment uh, as a brewer. Uh, he, he hit 161 home runs for his career. So, you know, I would be remiss uh, not to select Ricky Weeks, um, uh, you know, you get you got to get more out of your second overall pick than that, especially when the Brewers were uh, were rebuilding. Um, uh, yeah, he uh, changed his name to Ricky Weeks Jr. Uh, late in his career. Seemed like one of those guys who changed his name just to kind of try to, you, you know, he he was he was just barely hanging on, and maybe he wanted to change his mojo up a little bit. I'll always remember Ricky Weeks too. Uh, the last game of the season, I think it was 2014. Um, that was like or his last series, his home last game as a Brewer, last home game. The team asked him, hey, do you want to, like, do anything? Um, you want us to do anything for you? Like, it's your last home game? I think he just said no. He was like, he was like fuck it. I don't, I don't want to do anything. Um, he also, they also asked him if he wanted to play left field because I think they wanted to bring Scooter Janet up and give him a lot of at-bats. But uh, Weeks said, no, I don't, I don't want to play left field. So, you know, he was a real team player. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they were just looking out for him, trying to do something that was in his best interests. Uh, he was a key player, though, in some, for some good Brewers teams in the late aughts um, and early uh, early 2010s. I think it was him and Prince Fielder that started the untucking their jerseys thing. Do you remember that? I do, yep. Yeah, I, I, I think it might have been Weeks who said, like, you know, my dad would always come home after a long day and, and untuck his shirt. So that was what they started doing. So, uh, you know, if, if that was his greatest contribution um, to the Brewers, uh, you know, for a good team, way to celebrate a win, I, I guess that's not too bad. So I'll take that. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's interesting. I do remember that. Um, although I almost want to attribute that to – I thought I heard Prince Fielder say that. It, it, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> it, it may have been Prince Fielder too. So I, I shouldn't give Ricky Weeks credit where it's, maybe it's not due. Well, if I could take the one thing that you're willing to give Ricky Weeks away from him, I might, <laughs> I might as well, I guess. But, yeah, I just uh, remember him, uh, you know, uh, division – opponent and I just always felt like the Cubs could strike him out like I was never as a Cubs fan I was never in fear of Ricky Weeks and um yeah just it just never came together with him uh I think he had a brother Jam- Jameel Weeks I think right? yeah, he did Jameel Weeks that's right and uh also never really amounted to anything I think he like had a good first week of his career and that was maybe about it but um yeah that's Ricky Weeks huh yeah, Jameel Weeks, uh, Cubs headshot in his uh, baseball reference one. Really? Wow, I don't yeah. remember that. <laughs> well, uh, okay, so those are our 161 guys. We have a lot to talk about for the game, so let's uh, get to it. Um, yeah, we were excited about this one. Chance to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, the two uh, the two most exciting players in baseball, arguably, although you wouldn't know it if you went to this game. <laughs> um, I was going to say, we, we were the only two people seemingly excited about, about it. Right, right, in a, in a crowd of 23,000. Um, so we, uh, Jeremy and I took the train, uh, the L train, down to uh, the park, like you do. Um, and sure enough, as soon as we got off at Sox 35th, uh, when you cross the street to go to the stadium, you see a bunch of, uh, bunch of coolers um, uh, with alcohol in them. Uh, people, are just, people are just peddling booze outside the stadium. 
Um, there, there's no way that that could possibly be legal. Um, but like you said, Jeremy, it's just this outside way. Yeah, it is. Um, and I, I hypothesize that maybe, the, you know, if the cops do happen to roll up, they throw them a couple beers and a couple of uh, fireball shots and, uh, you know, they're on their way and everybody's happy. Um, <clears throat> there was uh, even. Yeah. So we were speculating about that. And this year they again, they, I feel like they get more brash every season um, this year. They're like they're more on display. They even have like the, the shots chilling, um, in like a bucket of like ice, like along with the, the beers and the, the hard cider or what are the, the seltzers and all that shit. Yeah. Um, we even heard a guy, like we heard two people like walking in front of us and the guy like turns to his friend. He's like shot in a beer. And he's like, yeah, okay, let's go. And then they started walking backwards, like back to the beers and stuff. And so like, they probably did like a shot in a beer, like on the street, even though it's, but that's a little more than a shot. But, um, but they probably, yeah, they just did that really quick, which you know we've talked about doing, and I still think we probably should one of these days. Although we should, I just feel like I don't necessarily want to have a business transaction with any of those people because I feel, I just feel like it's it, it, there'll be some sort of issue. But um, but yeah, it's just it's just everywhere now. It, now it's actually gotten to the point where like I feel like I saw more beer and shots than like waters and like sodas. I feel like it yeah. used to be the opposite. <laughs> No, you're you're absolutely right, and and like you mentioned, Jeremy, those people could easily be entrapped. Um, I don't, they're not checking IDs or anything. Right. So you know, for all we know, they're selling alcohol to 17, 16, 17 year old kids. Yeah. Um, think about it. if this, if this happened on the north side, what would it, that would it would be shut down in five minutes? Uh, if for no other reason than the fact that there's a lot of bars around Wrigley Field, and and those bars would be angry that people are selling booze on the sidewalk. But also, when you think about it, this is a the White Sox are a major league team. And they're trying to make money off their their liquor sales. You'd think they would try to stop it if nobody else did. You would think, the, or the league. You know, even the league. Yeah. Like, like, what if the White Sox got like, like, what if those people got busted and like it was attached attributed to the White Sox, and then like that was like you know part of the White Sox identity around the league. It's like that's bad for that's bad for everybody. Um, yeah. But it just it is what it is. Um, so yeah, always fun. Like you said, though, maybe one of these games we should, uh, we should, we should give it a shot. Um, yeah. uh, what we went into the stadium, um, our tickets were, uh, were like, e-tickets, uh, as always. Yep. Um, so they were, they were in the second deck. We bought some, ch- uh, cheap, uh, cheap seats in the upper deck. Um, but we noticed that the lady was not scanning the tickets. Um, uh, so they had the, the first deck blocked off again and, you know, you needed to show your ticket to get in there. But, uh, the, the lady who was uh, standing guard at, at the 100, scanning. at the 100 entrance. Yeah. The, the one, the, the 100 entrance. So, uh, the lady who was standing guard there was not scanning tickets. She was simply, uh, giving them a, a very, very, very cursory glance. So Jeremy, you, you worked your magic with the Photoshop. Yeah, I just I, this one was like so like um, just like perfunctory or just like so dis, uh, disengaged. Like like I saw they were doing it. Like I I remembered like from like last season that they they started doing this, and I like maybe forgot again or whatever, and I like didn't end up like pre doctoring up the tickets. But yeah, I have this like stu- it's not even Photoshop. It's just like some some goofy like photo editing app. And like, yeah, I just like, you know, you you take the ticket, it says 300, you know, 44 or whatever, and you just put a little like color over the the three and then you do the use the text tool. You put a one there and you you move that right over where the three was and it looks like 144 and you just show it to the lady and you you waltz right in. (laughs) That's what happens. And I did it all in like five minutes right when we pulled to the side, like right before we went up to him. Yeah. Um, 
like you said, man, it just makes you think about other kinds of national security. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't make you feel good. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we did it sure enough. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was some more quick Photoshop work by Jeremy. So that, that's how easy it is to get into the, <laughs> get into the lower deck of the Sox game. Maybe they'll become even more lax if the team keeps sucking. Yes. Um, so we, we got in there uh, pretty pretty early. We were um, you know right, basically right as gates opened. We were we were about an hour early before the game, so we, we had a lot of time to walk around. So since it was our first time at Sox Park this year, we decided to take a lap around the concourse on the uh, the the one hundred level. Um, so we got our scorecards, uh, which was nice. They just had them sitting out there now. Um, so we we took a couple. Uh, same same deal as usual. We kept on walking and we came to the pitch machine and. Uh, uh, the kid was doing his best Michael Kopech impression. Yeah, they, the uh, the uh, pitch gun machine where you can you can throw a pitch and and you know get your time. Right. Um, there was some kid. There were there was a group of guys in these like baseball jerseys. I I could they looked like pretty nice jerseys, but they looked mm-hmm. like high school kids too. Yeah. So I don't really know what their what their deal was, but it was like I don't I mean like a whole roster like a whole like fields worth like there was like probably like nine of them. Uh, and there was one kid who was throwing pitches and he was wearing a White Sox jersey. And these guys were just all over him, like like they were circled around him and he was like throwing pitches. And, you know, obviously <clears throat> you throw hard uh, at those things to try to see how fast you can throw. But this fucking kid was like crow hopping it. He was like <laughs> not w- pitching from a wind up or anything. He was like fucking like running, taking like three steps and then like firing it. Um and like that's cheating. That's like not how you're supposed to do it. Um, and like so, yeah. It reminded me of like, like uh, years ago when Michael, not years ago, but like when Michael Kopech was like first coming up. They were like, he throws 105. He throws 105. It's like, yeah, but he like they they showed the video of him doing that, and it was from a crow hop. So it's like you get like that momentum, and like yeah, it adds like several miles per hour to your throw. So like that's I guess that's I mean I guess it's it all bets are off when you're using that machine, but like, you know, in true spirit of like the pitching machine, it's supposed to be from like the wind up. Like it's supposed to be like, that's how you're supposed to gauge your speed. Not, you know, like our oldest Chapman isn't crow hopping it up to the, to the batter and like throwing like 110, like he's doing that from the wind up. <laughs> so, um, but these guys couldn't be more like all over the, 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 the pitcher, uh, and, and just like in awe and like cheering him on like, oh, yeah, man, you did it. Like and uh, yeah, I, I, I did say to Jack, I'm like, these guys are going to have to uh, like medically remove their lips from this guy's anus. But <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't understand. Maybe it was the guy's birthday or something. That was why they were so um, all over him. You know, I, I, f- I feel like when we uh, when, when that Michael Kopech video came out, nobody really mentioned the fact that he crow hopped. No, nobody did at all at all. They, and then. And then, like, it, it gets filtered down. And, like, he's about to pitch against the Cubs uh, this week, like, tomorrow. I'm sure they'll mention on the broadcast. Like, it got filtered down that he just throws 105. And it's like, no, he, like, crow hopped it. So, I don't know, you know. It's like, I think, like, they've gunned, like, I don't know, Bryce Harper throwing, like, 100 miles per hour, like, from the outfield. But it's like, you know, or, like, 96 or something. But, like, it's just not the same as, like, measuring that up against a pitcher. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, the new the new collective bargaining agreement, they should you, sh- you should be allowed one crow hop per game or something, yeah. you know, for your for your pitcher. Um, yeah, definitely. So so the worker the worker who is working this uh the pitch gun machine, um 
Uh, everybody had kind of stopped paying attention to him, uh, but it looked it looked like he still wanted somebody's attention. So he he grabbed the one of the balls that you would use to throw, and he got into like the the pitcher's uh, position. He you know he he did a wind up, and he threw and he hit the 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 dummy. So that this this uh, this pitching cage that you throw into, it's got a dummy batter on it, uh, hitting from the right side, mm-hmm. and he. I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but he hit the dummy right in the head. <laughs> yeah, it was like in that scene in Major League when Charlie Sheen hits the like the stand up, the cutout of the the guy, like right, uh, you know, and then he like slowly like he breaks it and slowly like tips over. It's like he did that. He like he nailed he nailed this fucking dummy in the head, and then he like looked around. He's like, hey, what, hey guys, you see that? Did you see that? That was awesome. And like the guys were all, the guy the baseball guys were just you know they were like carrying the fucking White Sox jersey kid out on their shoulders or something by that point and like no one cared <laughs> like no one gave a shit about the the worker guy but he it seemed like he totally did it to try to like impress the 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 baseball guys or like make them laugh or something oh oh definitely um so yeah that that was a whole bizarre thing hey and i'll say this man i i never want to actually do one of those uh one of those machines and throw it as hard as i can because i i would definitely be risking injury if i wasn't warmed up at all yeah, for sure. I did it uh, a couple years ago, and like, I mean, I think I hit like you know forty nine or something. It's like <laughs> it's sad. It's like you try as hard as you can, and like, yeah, you can't even like break like fifty. I I mean, maybe I hit sixty, but I don't even think I did that. I think I seriously hit like forty nine or something. Yeah, or something. I mean, you know, yeah, like you said, you try as hard as you can, and you can't even pitch it as fast as Zach Greinke's Efis pitch. Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's crazy. Like, yeah, I you you make fun. I I mean, I wish I could. I wish I knew how fast I threw it, like the peak of my abilities. But I was never a hard thrower, so. No, for sure. Um. Well. Uh. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe a future episode we can try. Uh. Okay. This one is kind of you. You noticed most of it, Jeremy. But yeah. You, uh, you kept saying, "Hey, Jack. Jack, look at that." And I I I couldn't tell what the jersey was. You were pointing out a jersey. Yeah. And it was a Kevin Euclid jersey that a woman was wearing. Yeah, and this also led to the next thing that happens too, which Jack will take the reins on on that one. But yes, um, so we were walking. So yeah, we're you know we're we're in the outfield at this point, um, and we're walking by. Um, we're about to head actually to like kind of like the left field corner like uh, stands, yeah. um, and there's a woman standing there, like an an older woman too, like maybe in her like late forties, maybe, um, like st- posing for a picture. Um, I think she had a beer in her hand or something and her like husband or boyfriend or whatever was taking the picture. And I saw her like standing there, like she's wearing this, she's wearing like a, I don't know, like a, you know, a a tank top or something and a white Sox Jersey. That's kind of just like thrown over like her shoulders. And she's like standing there, like holding, posing for the beer. And then like, she goes like, Oh wait, hold on a second. And then she like takes the Jersey and like, just like drops it off of her shoulder a little bit to expose like her chest. And then, she's, and then she's like okay now take it and like and then the guy like takes it and like yeah so she was I was just trying to show a little more uh body off or whatever uh, it, was, I just, it was odd because it was just in front of like it was right there on the concourse in front of like everybody um but she's like okay oh hold on and then you know exposes a little more she's like all right that's it perfect and then now take it you know and I walked by and I did notice she was wearing a White Sox Kevin Euclid jersey which is weird um yeah yeah, so that whole thing was weird, and I was just, I'm like, what, what's going on? But again, you know, you chalk it up to just the South Side and being at a Cubs or a Sox game. So. For sure, yeah. And the, the Uke jersey is is very weird because he he had, he played on them like ten years ago, if not more than that. Right, um, for like one year or something too, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, or if, if that. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so this this next one was uh, <laughs> one of the plays one of the plays of the game here. Yeah. Um, so while we were on our way there, um, we we're waiting at the train station. Uh, Jeremy saw one of his former students. Um, but they were leaving the train station, so he didn't get to say hi or anything. Yeah. Um, and then when we got onto the train, uh, Jeremy saw um, uh, somebody he had taken a, a writing class with at Second City. Um, yep. But again, it, it elected not to say hi to the person just because <laughs> it, it had been it had been so long. Yeah. But his his guard was up for uh, just like running into people <laughs> that he has hadn't seen in a long time. <laughs> Um, and may, maybe, who knows, maybe he was a little bit let down by the fact that he didn't say anything to those, those other people. So we were walking. This is literally right after the Eucalyptus incident. We were walking uh, just down the concourse, and uh, there's these two guys who are at a beer stand. And uh, they were working at the beer stand. And uh, we hear him go, where? Where? <laughs> and, uh, and Jeremy goes dashing up to them, and he goes... Hey, did you, did you guys say Jeremy? Yeah, how do I know you guys? How do I know you guys? And the, the whole time, these guys are just sitting there with a just smiling at him, and like they, they weren't giving him anything. Yeah. And 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 then Jeremy, Jeremy realized that it was a beer stand, and he, and he said, "Oh wait, did you guys <laughs> did you guys say beer?" Oh. <laughs> and then Jeremy goes, "Oh." Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. And then as we're walking away, Jeremy goes, Ah, oh, dude, that fucking sucked, man. You're like, Ah, oh, that fucking sucks, dude. That was so embarrassing. Yeah. That was, it was definitely one of those moments. I, it, There's so much to, to break down from that moment. But um, first of all, I'll say, Jack, you're being generous by like saying that my like radar was already up by seeing these uh-huh. people. Um, that is some, I you know, I think other people ha- have this thing where it's just like you see someone you know, and it's like I just didn't want to say hi to. I mean, you know, I I don't know. I just didn't want to get into it. I didn't want to say hi to the people or have conversations or catch up sure. with them. Sometimes oh, you 100%. just yeah, you just see someone and you just pretend you like you don't see him because. He's, that would lead to some conversation you don't necessarily want to have. Anyway, maybe it was the universe uh, punishing me for having those thoughts because, yeah, I totally, I totally sold out for this thing and I couldn't have whiffed harder. It was bad. I was, I was telling Jack, it's like when you see that whole that old thing where like someone you see someone waving at you and you wave back and then you look behind you and they're actually waving to somebody else. But this would be as if I then went up to that person and was like, hey, you're waving at me, right? Wait, why are you waving at me? Do you know me? Like, how do we know? Uh- <laughs> it was so bad. So bad. And, like, I, I just, you know, and, yeah, I guess, like, I mean, if I was with, like, a, a girl or something, I would have just, like, took the guy's, like, beer opener and just slashed my throat. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been, like, devastating. Um, like, luckily, it was just us and, like, yeah. You know, um, but like, I also like blame the guys because the guys like, yeah, as I was going up to them, they were just smiling. They were just looking at me and smiling like, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, like that, <laughs> if they would have said beer, or they, they could have said like, yeah, what what do you want? Like, and I would have been like, oh, never mind or something. Uh, but like, they just let me go up to them like an idiot. And they were just like looking at me and like, it was just weird. And like, I will say one of the guys did look like someone I know, but I'm like, he was not a fucking beer vendor and <laughs> it was just fuck. It was just horrible. And like, um, 
yeah and then i'm like oh 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 beer, beer okay yeah yeah you know sorry whatever like and just walked away and i was like ugh, that was bad and uh you know i mean i think like in the grand scheme of things it's like we fucking torch people at these white Sox games so this is again maybe the universe like giving back just a little bit like taking us down a little bit um for all the atrocities we commit but like it was uh it was just it was insanely like off the mark like it was crazy it was crazy <laughs> well hey though also people who are the vendors and the concourses typically don't yell at you that's something that that the yeah. guys who go up and down the aisles do um you don't you don't hear the people in the concourses just yelling beer and they were definitely yelling beer right as we walked past so yeah. i mean you know we're, we're a couple of you know early middle-aged guys who look like we might want a beer yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, but you know, the, those vendors don't typically yell anything. So I, I think it was, you know, it was understandable to, you know, to think they might have said something. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's it, it was it was just a weird convergence of things. And it was ju- I just saw this woman like expose her chest because of, like with her jersey. So that there was that going. I was in the middle of telling you about it, Jack. And then like that happened. Um, and then I was thinking afterwards, I'm like, I should have just bought a beer from the guys, even though I didn't want one just to save face, you know? Right. And then Jack would have been like, oh, I didn't know you were getting a beer. I'm like, no, no yeah, I wanted a beer. Whole time I wanted a beer. I'm, oh, geez, look, I'm thirsty. And then like, just chug it, you know, just play, try to play it off. But, um, oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was just, it was absurd. Just absolutely Right as absurd. you were saying that there, Jeremy, like, uh, the thing about like, oh man, if I had been with a, you know, with a date, like that, uh, that was what I, I had not realized until this podcast. It was just us. So it didn't matter, but yeah, yeah. man, un- under different circumstances, that would have been truly horrible. Ugh, it would have been the death of the relationship for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we, we, end, uh, so all of all of that happened. All of those things. That was just a one trip around the concourse. Um, I said. I said we had like an hour's worth of material just from that. What just just from not even a whole trip around the concourse. Yeah. Just so that that was a that lets you know what kind of night it was going to be. Yes. Um, so eventually we we settled into our seats, uh, kind of the usual seats we sit sit in right behind home plate. Uh, one of the last rows of the the lower deck, which nobody ever actually seems to actually have seats for. Yeah. Um, you sit there and it's it's eight or ten different people, like different groups of people throughout the game who will just come down and sit next to you. Yeah, coming and going, one half inning at a time, never to be seen again, uh, only to be replaced by someone else the next half inning. Right, who's, who's usually equally as ridiculous in, in their own way. Yeah. Um, we So we decided to get food. I got my usual Polish. Uh, Jeremy, you got something really good. I think it was called The Heater. Yeah, The Heater. Um, and it was kind of new for this year, um, I, I believe. I don't remember seeing that before. But it was like a jalapeno cheddar sausage or something. Um, with coleslaw on it, um, and sriracha mayo. And, uh, it was damn tasty. Very good. Um, you know, I like the, I like the heat. Um, I, um, I, I, if there's, if I ever see like a jalapeno cheddar sausage type of thing, I, I try to go for it. Um, they put the coleslaw on to kind of counterbalance some of the heat. In reality, nothing is like that hot to where you need something like that. Um, that you would get at a baseball game, but it was still, it was tasty. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was new for this year. And, um, so that was good. We, as we were walking around, I was remarking that, um, they used to have like, they used to have pierogies, uh, and I, I missed that. And then like, on my way to get this heater dog, I saw pierogies and then I think they, they showed it, um, on the 
either it was either on the app or like on the scoreboard, but they're like pierogies are back this year or whatever. Um, so I'm definitely going to have some pierogies in the future. But uh, yeah, this heater dog was was pretty good. Yeah, um, it yeah it almost looked like a hot dogs uh, something to get there. So yeah, totally. Yeah, real real uh, real impressive. Um, so it was also we we got there early enough that they were still doing uh, weird stuff on the field. Uh, I think usually on Friday nights or maybe weekend games they have families who can walk around the uh, the warning track, which is kind of stupid. <laughs> um, also, it was UIC night apparently. Yeah. Uh, so on the field behind home plate, uh, Gene Honda was our favorite public address announcer, Gene Hondo, was interviewing uh, UIC head coach Luke Yaklich, who we talked about uh, about two months ago when we went to see the UIC game. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy got a little fired up with some <laughs> UIC pride. Yeah. Uh, you know, Luke Yaklich said some boilerplate stuff about his basketball team. The big takeaway for me here was that they never talked about UIC night again uh, after the first pitch when yeah. they had the chancellor throw it out. Yeah, exactly. It was weird. It's like, yeah, you like they must UIC must have only paid for like, you know, an eighth of the night or something because (laughs) like, yeah, it's like as soon as that first pitch happened, you you never see it like they didn't even show like I guess, you know what they the one thing that they did show was like or though maybe this was after the game. Maybe this was like before the game started, but like they showed like MLB alums or UIC alums in the that made it to the MLB. Um Obviously, Curtis Granderson's the big one, but uh, Pete McCannon, uh, former uh, manager for the Phillies, was was one. Um, I knew he was from Chicago. I didn't know he went to UIC. But, like, yeah, I don't remember. If, if that was during the game, that was the only thing they did during the game. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a fleeting UIC night. But I definitely had my fake UIC pride, my, like, <laughs> misplaced UIC pride that, you know, should have happened, like, 20 years ago. But, yeah. Uh, you know, was, was happening now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting UIC, um, run like the, the basketball game. I went to a UIC baseball game and then a UIC night here at the White Sox game. Yeah. Right. Um, it's Jeremy. I, I think the White Sox, they, they always have too much stuff going on for games. I, I remember when we went to disco demolition night a couple of years ago, it was also Polish heritage night. So it's <laughs> like, right. just yeah. pick, pick one, you know, you have 81 games. I don't think you need to be doubling up, uh, double booking these nights. So yeah. It's, it's very strange. Exactly. Um, and then just, I don't like you, Jack, like you said, the, so, uh, Luke Yaklich like did the interview and we were like, Oh, that's cool. He'll, he'll throw out the first pitch. Like, why wouldn't he throw out the first pitch? Uh, and then they're like, and then when it comes time for the f- first pitch, I saw some guy on the field, this kind of like big kind of chubby guy um, doing some warm up tosses with Southpaw uh, on the field, the, the mascot. And then, then when it comes time for the first pitch, there's no sign of Yaklich. And then they're like, to throw out the first pitch, please welcome so-and-so, the chancellor of UIC. And he like comes out on the mound, like completely looking like a non-athlete and he like throws the first pitch. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, who's this guy? Like, why, why was this guy throwing it out? And like, I was doing like a thing like, all right, Luke, you do the interview. I throw the first pitch. Like he looked, he looked like Roger Ebert. That's who he, who, who he looked like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic comparison. Yeah. Um, maybe a little taller than maybe what Roger Ebert looked like, but that's, he just looked like, he looked like a chancellor of a college. Yeah, yeah, he sh- yeah, like right out of central casting. Yeah. Um and if if you go to if you go to school there, 
at UIC or anywhere, like you don't know what your chancellor looks like and you don't care. No. The yeah. chancellor has no connection to the student body. I, I mean, it, I, I know the basketball coach doesn't either, but at least people know who he is. So just put, put the most recognizable face out there and have that person throw the pitch. Yeah, it it made no sense. It made no sense whatsoever. Or or get what's Curtis Granderson doing? Like get I get mean, you know get him there for UIC night. That yeah exactly. Or get the guy like with the best batting average of the UIC Flames baseball team. Yeah, anybody but the chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> you do the interview. I throw the first pitch. <laughs> <laughs> that that seems like what he probably sounded like too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that cr- that crusty old chancellor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so our one of one of our favorite parts of the game, uh, you know, it, it, we just saw it at Wrigley Field. Uh, what, before the first pitch, they have a kid say "play ball," but at White Sox games, it's it's a middle aged uh, man who does it. Uh, so tonight it was Zeb Alford. <laughs> I almost did. This is almost like such a normalcy at White Sox games that it's almost worth not recapping at our at our things. But like the fact that his name was Zeb. Zeb Alford. How could you not? How could you not mention it? Um, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it's a, it, it, if they asked me to do it, Jeremy. Well, I, I probably would because we have the podcast. But man, that talk about embarrassing. Um, okay. Uh, so so yeah, we uh, like I mentioned, we were behind home plate about a section uh, to our left. Uh, th- there was a a guy um, who was taking pictures of his food, um, like like you would for for Instagram if you're trying to show off. Except he was holding the plate in one hand and then uh, in front of him, and then in the other hand, instead of a cell phone, which is what most people take food selfies of, uh, he he had a very high tech camera, which almost I, I you're the photo guy, Jeremy, yeah. uh, the film guy, but I almost thought maybe it was a little a little much considering he was taking a picture of a a, a hot dog. Yeah, it was a professional like camera, like a professional DSLR camera, and he's like he's he's holding the 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 his hand out with the hot dog, and he's got the field in the background, and like it's I'm sure it's a nice photo, but I don't know who it was for. Um, I think it's fair to say that this guy was probably a Japanese tourist. Sure. Um, he was. I'm. I think it's fair to say that he was Japanese and. He had like a backpack and like, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> so maybe he was like going to, I don't know if this is like veiledly racist or something, but I have this whole story where he's like going to report back to his family about his, his trip in Chicago, seeing Otani and having like a real Chicago hot dog or whatever. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so he took this picture and like, it was just, it kind of stood out uh, just the fact that he um, uh, had such a nice camera. Um, yeah, but it was, it was a nice moment. He was by himself. Like he was taking it in. He, it, you could, t- he, he was, so I, I think I said we were the only two people who cared that Otani was playing. He was the third. And then that was, yes. it. yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and Hey, that, you know, the guys, the guys living his best life, uh, taking pictures of, uh, Hey, you know, Jeremy, you, you've gone to games and like, I think in Atlanta, you took a picture of that, uh, pizza burger thing you got. So, yep. you know, that's just what people do when they, when they see baseball stadiums. So good for that guy. And good for us, too. We went to see Shohei Otani, and in the first inning, uh, Lucas Giolito served up a bomb to him. Otani, Otani hit a long home run to left center field. It's cool to see him go oppo. Um, and, hey, hey, man, I, I said it right after he hit it, but, like, that's that's what we came to see. You know, great, yeah. sweet, we did it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I felt the need to have my same Otani, like, sellout moment <laughs> where oh, yeah. I was, like, going crazy. 
Um, a little tongue in cheek this time because I've been called out on it at this point. <laughs> but um, but it was yeah, it was cool to see. He he went kind of opposite field, like kind of uh, deep left center field. Um, and it was pretty impressive. I think I looked it up. We were, we were guesstimating about like 420. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it was about, I think it was 412 or 418 wow. or something yeah, like that's that. Pretty good. Yeah. So pretty good. Um, G Lito had also given up a home run to the leadoff uh, batter, Taylor, Tyler Ward, um, three batters prior to Otani. So the Otani Homer made it uh two nothing in the top of the first. Uh, so the white Sox were, you know, playing from behind, uh, before they even got on that bat. Yeah, and Otani later in the game would get a stolen base. He would also score three runs in the game. So it was neat to see him uh, have a good game. That's what we came to see when we picked this Angels game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, we get to the bottom of the first, and the White Sox actually do like um, – so we should say, like too, like Noah Syndergaard was supposed to start this game, but I think mm-hmm. we even brought it up on the podcast maybe. Um, <clears throat> but um, he was a late minute, or last minute scratch with uh, an illness. I think he actually started. He's starting tomorrow, so he's okay. He must be over that. But um, but uh, a relief pitcher Jimmy Herget uh, got the start, and um, we were kind of thinking like, well, this is, is doomed for the for the Angels. And the first batter of the the game was Tim Anderson, and he like roped a double um, <clears throat> into right field. I think maybe can't yes. remember. Yeah, and. Um, so he hits the ball, and uh, it's a well-hit ball. It was going to be a clear double, but um, he, he takes like two steps out of the box, if that, and I hear from over my shoulder, go for three! It's like, first batter of the game, rips a double. This guy wants him to extend it to a triple and get thrown out, you know, and completely <laughs> like ruin like any momentum. This, this team is struggling, um, and like just trying to like string together hits and runs and wins. And he, you lead off the game against this like pitcher who probably doesn't stand a chance with a double. And immediately this guy, before he can even take two steps, he's like, go for three. It's like, that's, you know, that's why you're, that's why no one should ever listen to fans no, uh, at well, all. It, yeah. And we should mention that the white Sox coming into this game had lost nine out of 10. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and their, their offense had been putrid. So yeah, you're right, man. They they needed a rally, <laughs> um, uh, so that that was interesting. And you know, the White Sox would ultimately go on to lose this game. Uh, I think they only scored one run the whole game. Um, so it was uh, it, it was yeah, definitely a questionable thing. Was that was that? So we're about to get to our fan of the game here. Um, was that the guy who said the go for three? Was that the same guy we're about to talk about? No, I think that was someone completely different. Okay. Okay. Well, um, so we were, uh, like I said, we were sitting in about the third row from the, uh, from the concourse. So the, the third row from the top, uh, behind us in the very last row. So two rows behind us, there was a, a guy named Richard. Um, and he, he introduced himself to the guy, the angels fan who was sitting next to him, who was alone. Did he not? Yeah. So we should say we, we were there, we got, we sat down. I think maybe shortly after we sat down, this guy, this guy solo, completely by himself, wearing an Angels hat, Angels jersey, was sit, like came and sat down, and he was completely by himself there to take in an Angels game, and so he was sitting for like yeah the beginning of the game, in the first inning, which most people like you know who care about the game will will see, will get there in time for, and then yeah this guy sits down, and I, <clears throat> excuse me, I hear him like you know, say to like the usher, like, oh yeah, right here is fine or whatever. 
Um, and he sits down and yeah, I just hear him go like, what's your name? And, uh, and the guy goes, I'm Joe. And he's like, hello, Joe, my name's Richard. And, uh, and yeah. And like this guy turned out to be the fan of the night for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't catch this one. So he, so he like, um, so he like turns to the, the guy and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Richard. And the guy goes like, yeah, or he's like, oh, you're an Angels fan or whatever. He said, the guy said, Joe says, I'm an Angels fan. And, and uh, Richard goes like, oh, that's okay. He's like, I'm not going to beat you up. And he's like, my left arm's paralyzed anyway, so you'll have to tie one arm behind your back. And uh, it, like if they wanted to fight or something. And uh, it's like, you know, right off the bat, that's like he's dropping the bomb right off the bat. And it's like, how do you respond to that? Um, you also have to know, like, this guy is settling in, so you are in it, in for it for like three hours now. Like, so this is a very the we're laying the the the, the groundwork here of the night, and as far as conversation conversation goes, and he leads it off by saying that his arm is paralyzed, <laughs> and that, that like if you want to fight, you're gonna have to tie your arm behind my back, behind his back, and it's just like, I mean, this guy, you know, of all the people. Like we've 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 encountered it at White Sox games, you know this guy's right up there uh, with it. Um, just for a lot of times, these people, like we said, like show up and disappear. This guy was there the whole game, so strap in and and get ready for everything we have to say about this guy. But like <clears throat> the thing about these White Sox fans is like not only are they just weirdos and say weird things and speak weirdly, like in weird voices, but they all have some sort of like tragedy to them too like what was remember the guy um was talking about the 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 landmines and stuff in world war ii or something absolutely or or jimmy jimmy can can guy who was a former andy frayne usher yeah that guy i'm sure that he's had some tragedy in his life as well somehow this guy is like his left arm is paralyzed which is horrible but how did it happen like what there's got to be a story there and like but that's just who he is he's like the guy who like speaks to people and, and like, you know, brings that up like casually. Um, and so like, there you go. That's what you're in for Joe. So like, I was thinking about this guy, like, I don't know if he's from LA or he was, he was also traveling, but like this guy's experience of this game was completely altered by the fact that Richard decided of all the 23,000 people in the stadium to sit right down next to him and talk his ear off for three and a half hours. Right. And, and, you know, if this guy was an Angels fan from L.A., this is maybe his presumably his first White Sox game. And he doesn't know that if, if he's not happy with his seat, he can just move wherever he wants. Dude. I Yes, I know. I mean, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he had the free like I even if you didn't know, I think you would try to find out, you know, how, how strict <laughs> their their ticket enforcement uh, is. Because, yeah, the guy could have left, but he didn't leave. Like, God help him. And honestly, it's a nice seat. So it's like, why would you wouldn't want to leave to, to move to a worse seat just because right. this, just because Richard sits next to you. But also, I thought you were going to go with this, Jack, which is presumably this guy could be from L.A. And so this is now his impression of, like, Chicago and <laughs> this Richard guy, which I, I mean, maybe for better or for worse, it, it is a it is a fair representation. But it is also weird. I was going to say during the like <clears throat> when we were talking about the the beer salespeople, just how much of a different city. It's like a tale of two cities, uh, like from the north side and the south side. We've obviously t- gone over this before, but it's just it's crazy. Um, sure. Yeah. And, and you know, the. 
thing is too that so like you said, this guy is right up there. We're about to go over some crazy things he said. We're about to do the rundown. But really, every section in the White Sox park has this kind of stuff going on. Yeah, um, yeah. Where where we sat, it was it was nothing special. Uh, like you know, let's let's look at the multiverse version of this podcast where we just sit in every single section of the stadium. There's not the exact same stuff happening, but there's similar stuff. There's there's crazy people everywhere you go in this park. It's it's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, yes, absolutely. I love the multiverse idea of this. Um, it's it's very true. And Jack, I was almost gonna, I was going to say too. Like, I mean, we've talked about this guy on the podcast. God damn, if like you know we didn't start the podcast a couple years sooner with the guy, the whole Hillary Clinton guy. Right. He sounded like that guy. I mean, we, we've how Jack, how, how in depth we've talked about that guy on this podcast, right? Yeah, we have. Uh, and his exact quote was, uh, in 1964, Hillary Clinton called me a dirty word. Um, <laughs> and that, that, that was kind of our, that was our first exposure to this type of thing at a White Sox game. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was the moment we knew. Uh, he he sound, oh. he kind of sounded like that guy. I don't think it was the same guy, but this guy was a little more lucid than that guy. But he, he um, did. Yeah. He also reminded me. If you're a Jaws fan, he reminded me of the the guy who played Ben Gardner in the movie Jaws. That's that's when that's the head that comes popping out of that boat that's underwater. Nice. Uh, that guy when he's alive, he says to Richard Dreyfus, he's like, "Hello, Beck, young feller, how are you?" Um, he was like, <laughs> "Hey, I hope you're not going out with those nuts there, are you?" So yeah, he you know kind of reminded me of that too. Um, nice. Okay, so uh, some of the stuff this guy said. Uh, so quickly after he came to our attention, uh, this family of four or five was was walking down the aisle to some seats that were a little lower than us, and they had a bunch of food with them, and it all looked really good. Yep. Uh, and so the uh, uh, he, this this Richard he asks one of the people. He goes. Uh, oh, he's like, oh, what is that? And then, uh, you know, the, the woman had a bowl of, of, like, baked mac and cheese, and she said, it's mac and cheese. And he goes, oh, mac and cheese. Goes, oh, my daughter would eat that shit up. <laughs> what a strange thing to say. <laughs> That's maybe one of the fa- my favorite things I've ever heard yeah. for the podcast. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's this family. Okay. And, and Jack, I don't know if you realize this, but that family was the same people who would end up behind us later in the game. Sure. Um, yeah. so they, they just were walking down the, the stadium or th- down the aisle with food and he just like stops and accosts all these people that walk by him with food. And it was, it was only about food too. Um, <clears throat> and yeah. And, and he's like, what is that? And like the woman, the poor woman like has to like stop and tell this guy what it is. And then he's like, Oh, my daughter would eat that shit up. <laughs> it's just like (laughs) it's just yeah i don't know what a strange what a strange comment yeah i know it's again it's like no one you were not obligated to make a to say one a sentence about anything that you see or hear like you can just be like ah thanks or ah you don't even have to say a word but yeah it's almost as if he was obligated to to comment on this um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so anyway, so that, that happened and, uh, it was really funny. Um, <clears throat> he did say at some point, like to, to Joe, he's like, he had like, he had to like get up to go to the bathroom or something. And he said to Joe, he's like, Hey, I'm go, I'm getting up. He's like, don't steal my cane. <laughs> Which again is another weird thing to say. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, uh, so he said that, um, yeah. 
a, li- yeah. a little while after that, he began regaling Joe with the tales of a little league team. Um, I, I I think it was one that his son played on, and I think it was one that perhaps he coached. But I'm I'm not quite sure about what his involvement was in this little league team. Did you Did you catch that? I mean, I was under the impression <clears throat> that it was his grandson, maybe. Okay. But um, he starts talking about this kid, and um, he's like. Uh, this this kid was born with God-given talent. And he's like, he had eight homers and three grand slams. And then, like, Joe, to his credit, was like, oh, three grand slams. That's that's pretty impressive. And he's like, yeah, but he'd cry about going to the games. He, he would just, he hated it or something. And he's like, he would come home and just cry about it. And he wouldn't want to go to practice. And his friends would all come over and they'd beg him to play. And, and they'd say, come on, you got to go. You got to come. And then he did. And then, then they won the championship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then, okay. So yeah, they talked about that kid who I, I thought it was maybe his son. You thought it was maybe his grandson. He made, he made the kid seem like, uh, he was the natural. Yeah. yeah it was Roy Hobbs. Jr. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, so we had that. And then I think he started talking about another kid I, on I, the team. I think it was the same was kid. Same the kid. Same kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. That not only did this kid hit uh, eight home runs and, and three grand slams, but he also pitched. Yeah. Uh, he was the pitcher that they would put in at the end of the game. Um, and, he, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I call him. We call him the cannonball. We call him the closer. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, dude, that's what they call people who finish games. That's not a <laughs> not a creative nickname. He, he's like, they call him the cannonball, you know, because of the way the pitch would go, like a cannonball. And he, That's and he, right. And then he's like, and then they'd also call him uh, the the closer because you know that's what he would do. He would come in and he'd close it out, <laughs> whatever. And it's like, okay, this this kid, yeah, exactly. This is like, you know, the next coming of Babe Ruth, like slash like <laughs> ba- Lil. It's like Lil Roy Hobbs, and like I don't know who this fucking kid is, but uh, I don't know if Joe was really that interested or needed to know. No, and. Sadly, I, part of me feels like either these memories are just very distorted or like none of it's true. Yes. It, 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 all of it seems too good to be true to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, a yarn spinning a yarn for sure. Tall tales. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So j- moving right along, <laughs> I guess um, another person comes by um, with food and this is one of those things. And and. I mean, God help you. I know that I'm a food guy and I like I pay attention to food and I I, I might have a, an extra, you know, sense for seeing food. But at this point in, in the world, you if you've been to one White Sox game, I feel like you have to know. I mean, just in, actually, if you've been to any baseball game, you have to know that they have nacho helmets like they have them at Wrigley Field. They have them at, at um uh, White Sox games. I feel like they're famously at White Sox games. Even at uh, Brewers games, you used to be able to get like a, a helmet of like French fries. Sure. Um, like that's not an uncommon thing. They've been putting ice cream in helmets for decades, you know. Um, <clears throat> but this guy uh, walks by, and uh, and he's he has one of these helmets, and he and and Richard goes, "Hey, he's got food in that hat." <laughs> <laughs> He like exclaims it as if he just saw like you know, a like like a a coyote run out like across his like lawn or something, and he's like, hey, he's got food in that hat, and then the guy, the guy goes, it's nachos, and he's like, he goes, 
where the hell did you get that? <laughs> He's like, where the hell did you get that? <laughs> as if, again, as if he had like, you know, the Shroud of Turin or something, or like just like a rare doubloon or something. Like it's just, he just got it at a stand, man. And like, and there's multiple people walking around with these things, but he he saw it as if he saw like a gremlin or something. It was just sure, it was super uh, and, uh, funny, I guess. The the real the real kicker was that it was someone from the same family as the. Uh... Well, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the same family again, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. So uh, yeah, I guess it was just these people's bad luck that they that they got some tasty looking food. Um. I didn't hear this thing about the Dodgers stolen hat. Yeah. So then again, moving right along, he starts, he's continuing to talk to, uh, to Joe and, um, he's like, yeah, you know, there was a time where, uh, these people, like these people like reached over and, you know, into the bullpen and took the Dodgers hat. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, it's probably like a $3 hat. Why not just let him take it (laughs) or whatever? But they made a big (laughs) fuss about it. And the guy punched one of the fans. And he's like, and here I am 13 rows up from it. It all happened right in front of me. So this guy, <laughs> this guy was at that night, the famous night it was like in 1998 or something where like the, you know, Chad Cruder, uh, the bullpen catcher or something like got into a fight with Wrigley uh, idiots, like out by the Dodgers visiting bullpen. Um, <clears throat> and they, they got into the stands and had a fight. It was a big thing, a big to do. And um and this guy was there. He was thirty. I think he even said like, yeah, if you look at the video, you can see me. So this guy again, he's like baseball Forrest Gump. He's just like at all these like <laughs> memorable events like this, seeing the cannonball pitch. Um, you know, and, that's and, crazy. I I didn't know he was implying that he was at that. Yeah, yeah. He said I was, and then he's like I was thirteen rows up. <laughs> like it all happened in front of me. So okay, like you know, I guess. We could go back and look at the tape. I was afraid at this point. I don't even think I've seen. I looked at the guy's face yet. So I, I tried like he was directly behind us, like two rows behind us. And I didn't want to completely turn around because God forbid he sucks me into his like conversation <laughs> vortex. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so we did eventually get a look at him. So I think I kind of like have an idea of what this guy looks like now. Yeah, m- Maybe you can see him in that video. It'd be funny if he looked exactly the same as he did today. I bet he- that was. Yeah, but like twenty plus years ago, I bet he does look exactly the same. But um, uh, later on, uh, Josh Harrison, who for some reason is in the major leagues and he's with the White Sox, and the White Sox gave him like a multi-year, like multi-million dollar contract. Um, he he was in the game, um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, Richard goes like, uh, Harrison, oh, this guy hit a home run last time I was here. I hope he hits another. And I look up and I'm like, it immediately that raised a red flag in my mind. I look up at the scoreboard and it says Josh Harrison home runs zero. And this is the first time. <laughs> and he's never, never been on the White Sox before. So <laughs> this guy completely did not see Josh Harrison hit a homer. I knew it as soon as it came out of his mouth that he does. He's mistaken somehow. And sure enough, I look at the, the scoreboard and like, uh, I even pointed that one out to you, Jack, because... Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it. You know, perhaps he's conflating him with another or player on the White Sox. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a pretty ridiculous one. Uh, yeah. Side note: Josh Harrison. He's got he's got like two straight two hit games. Um, but that mm. that still doesn't excuse him being in the major leagues and being on the White Sox. No, he apparently came into this game hitting 094. So, oof. There you go. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, you know, 
Joe had kind of just sat there <laughs> silently playing along with Richard the whole the whole game. But uh, around about the end of the game, uh, Mike Trout came up to the plate. I think it was in the eighth inning. And uh, Joe yells, come on, Trout. And then immediately Richard goes, I don't think he can hear you. <laughs> like, like, th- like th- this Joe guy, he sat there, uh, you know, well, he may not have exactly been a captive audience. He was certainly a, uh, he's, he certainly behaved himself. He sat there the whole game, uh, didn't say a word. The, the first thing he says is he roots for the best player in baseball uh, who's on his team to do well, and this Richard guy immediately shuts him down <laughs> in after the, just blabbing about bullshit the entire game. In the most condescending way possible, too. It's yeah. like, I think Joe knows that Trout can't hear him, but that's what you do at a baseball game is you yell, and he's like, I don't think he can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so... Um, that was just that's like the perfect like topping on the cake. Uh, yet there was still plenty more, um, and uh, yeah, so that happened. Then uh, Otani was batting after Trout. Otani came up uh, and um, he he did something like you know I think he maybe like fouled a pitch off that was like far or something, and like the guy was wowed by it. And Joe told him he's like yeah you know he uh, he hit a homer like at the beginning of the game. Uh, Joe uh, Richard obviously missed that. Um, but then like, I, I just heard him say at some point, like, come on, Japan, like about for, for Otani. Oh, so God. He, that, that was his way of cheering for Otani is come on, Japan. Um, so that <laughs> was, that was funny. Um, at some point later on the White Sox had a mound visit. Um, I think it was the White Sox and it could have mm-hmm. been the angels, but, um, you know, you know, when a mound visit happens, they stay up there and they talk strategy until the umpire goes up to the mound and breaks it up, or he starts going to the mound and they break it up anyway. So the umpire, so they're they're doing a, a mound visit, and the umpire comes up to the mound, and I, Richard goes to to Joe. He's like, "Oh, look at this now! Look, look, the umpire's gonna listen, nosy motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not hear that one. Yeah, yeah, he called the umpire a nosy motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't figure the old guy was capable of that kind of language yeah yeah no he got blue a couple he, there's another one where he, he gets a little blue but uh that's the whole thing is like he was like pleasant and or he was like folksy and like telling these stories but then he would also like just say like you know pretty like you know uh uh bonus like curse words um more than your average just uh damn and shit or whatever so oh, good yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess maybe uh, maybe his line of work uh, follows that. So, um, yeah, he, he eventually it came to came to light that he he claimed to uh, he said, oh, I, I still own my own towing company. Um, and he said, yeah, I've dispatched six guys while this game's been going on. Yeah. Uh, J- Jeremy, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, running a business is hard, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. You know, I've never run my own business, but I, you know, I, I can assume. And I, I just, I, I don't buy that this guy has his own company. I, I don't know. <laughs> he had, he, I don't know if you noticed, Jack, but he had like his phone tethered to his neck. I don't know if you saw that. Like he was wearing, I think it was like his phone around his neck, like on, connected to like some sort of like lanyard or something. So I guess he would, but I'll say this, running your business might not be that hard, but if you can run a cab dispatch from the seats at, at, at you at the guaranteed rate field, maybe his job should be a little harder. You know, maybe it's not hard <laughs> enough that, and, and, and also like, and, and then it's just, again, it's like this kind of South side blue collar mentality where it's like, man, if you're going to white Sox game, just go to white Sox game, have someone else dispatch the cabs, you know, like, but he's still at the white Sox game dispatching cabs. Like, 
<laughs> and, and and we never heard him like say, uh, yeah, all right, uh, you know, number f- taxi uh, 451, head to the corner of Lake uh, Lake and State, you know, like like he never we never heard him. So I don't know how he was dispatching these cabs. But yeah, apparently he, he was the whole game and we didn't know it. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was very strange. Um, he, he maybe it was when he got up. He did get up periodically. At one point, the Angels scored, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Ah, every time I'm away, that happens." Yeah. Um, so, so that, that yeah, that was disappointing for him. I didn't hear this other thing that he said though. Yeah. So you know, and so I guess because of um, Richard's unfortunate ailment, um, uh, I think he got like a oh he did I did hear him say like you know uh, uh, we're too late for beers. And like I and and uh, so I then I assume he got like a soda or something. And he's like, "Hey, can you do me a favor, Joe? Open this." And like I assume it was like a bottle of soda or something. He's like, and then he goes, "Otherwise, I'll have to use my teeth." <laughs> and um, so Joe had to open a, a bottle of soda for this guy. And then he goes like, "You want half of my bratwurst?" <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> and I would not. I, I could be starving, you know, in, in the middle of the desert, like with, without food for, for, for days. And if this guy offers me half of his bratwurst, I'm going to have to politely decline. Um, but like, yeah, he offered Joe half of his bratwurst, which begs the question, how was he going to split it in half? You know, was he just going to grab it with his fucking bear claws and rip it in half? Who knows? Right. But, um, yeah, it was not something <laughs> that I would have wanted to, uh, even being offered half of a bratwurst by him yeah. is is unappetizing jeremy if you offered me half of your bratwurst i mean i don't i don't think i'd i'd want it man you know or, yeah. or i mean even you like if i offered you that i wouldn't expect you to take it it's, it's no it's nasty it's nasty to eat someone's half-eaten thing yeah yeah it's just not practical and it's not like eating it's not like saying like i'm done with my nachos you want the rest it's like this is a single serving single person food item so yeah yeah so it's just it was just it was classic richard uh, yeah right there here's something that that i found strange though so towards the end of the game he started talking about how elon musk had just purchased twitter um and then he was like oh i guess that means that trump's gonna be able to get back on you know he's like yeah he he started his own social media which i I don't is that true i don't think so no okay yeah he definitely did say that i was surprised that a he knew what twitter was Mm -hmm. but b that he knew that elon musk had purchased it and c that trump was banned from twitter right so he was surprisingly up to uh just like you know he was hip to that news which which was uh, pretty surprising yeah, and then of course, like you know, like Icarus flying too close to the sun, you know something was about to give. It was all. It's as if this was all leading up to this moment. But then of course, so he says that, and and then he starts dancing around it, like he's fucking dancing right on the on the the edge of the cliff, uh, talking about Trump and Twitter. And then he leans over to Joe, and of course, and uh, of course, he goes like, you know, I don't think Trump was that bad of a president. <laughs> And like, and I, he might've said something else or whatever, but like that, you know, it's like, Oh God, Richard, of course. Like we knew you, we knew if we gave you enough time to talk, this would, you, we would get to this point. And of course it happened. So I don't know exactly what he said, but like, yeah, he said that line to Joe and I don't know what Joe responded, but yeah. I, you got to feel bad for a person in Joe's position, though, because if you don't agree with what Richard said, what are you supposed to say? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, dude, don't talk about politics to me right now at this baseball game. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, that, it was definitely maybe just Richard putting a feeler out there to see if he had a you know a, a brother in arms, so to speak. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, not not a good moment. Yeah, he was he had the uh, invite ready for the next uh, you know capital storming, I guess. Uh, and he, he had to hit he had to hit the client on it because uh, Richard didn't bite. Um, <clears throat> of course, you know, a guy from L.A. like um, I, I have to assume he was probably a. A liberal but who knows um so so yeah so that happened and then of course the white Sox did kind of like put up a little bit of a fight in the ninth inning um they were uh they got the time did they get the time run to the plate or only to the on-deck yeah they, they got to the plate so it was five to one um the uh angels brought in mike myers um who promptly let two guys on base after getting larry garcia out and then they uh yeah Sox ended up loading the bases but uh, i think it was Luis robert who made out to end the game yeah, he did. He did. But um, he did. But the last little bit of the Richard and Joe show, um, he said, like, uh, you know, uh, I think maybe like I think maybe like Joe said, hey, you know, if he hits a grand slam, a uh, tie ball game or something. And and or, or, or maybe Richard just goes like, oh, if he hit a grand slam, that'd be fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, there he goes blue again. Yeah, exactly. And then. Uh, sadly, to Richard's uh, dismay, yeah, uh, Robert flied out to right, and the game was over. And uh, as White Sox in true fashion play the the inferior Chicago song, uh, Chicago, Chicago, that toddle in town. Sure. And we get up and we leave. We head to the bathroom to to leave. And I just I turned and I looked at Richard, and Richard is just sitting there staring forward, <laughs> catatonic, leaning against his cane, just staring forward in disbelief, and just like. Joe was long gone. Joe was long gone. Oh yeah. By the time we we left pretty damn quick after the final out. And by the time we turned around, Joe was gone. And Joe and Richard was on the outside of the aisle, so Joe couldn't have crawled over Richard. He he must have hopped over the aisle and just got out of there, but there was no sign of Joe. And Richard was just sitting there staring forward, completely, you know, unaffect like just just zoned out. And yeah, he, he was despondent. He, yeah. had, he had a far he had a far off look in his eyes, like yeah. just visions of the cannonball uh, striking out a batter to to end a game, like and win the championship. Better baseball memories than than what he right. just watched. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we uh, even went to the bathroom, and then I even took notice, and he was still there after we after we peed <laughs> too. So, yeah. Uh, so that that was Richard. Uh, yeah, he was he was definitely oh. an all timer. Richard, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just, uh, it just kept, I was like, I mean, if looking at our notes here, this is like the most notes I've taken at a, at a game in a long time. And it was just, it was kind of nonstop. Uh, like there were, we, we missed stuff. At one point he said something about like a guy, he's like, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, he was a bloody mess after that or something like we missed, <laughs> we still missed, we got so much, but we still missed some gems for sure. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, thankfully, there were a few other people uh, uh, along the way who would, who would give us some. Um, we're not we're not finished yet. No. Uh, th- there wasn't much uh, as far as game day operations were concerned, but we did, did get a few things. Um, they played like a White Sox uh, Plinko or, or Clinko type of yeah, game. They called it like Clinko, the, but it's it's, Clinko. it's just like the Price is Right Plinko game. Sure. Um, so they dropped the disc, and the di- the disc got stuck yeah. about halfway down. It got stuck, um, and like Alyssa, the host, Alyssa's back for the for another year of, of excitement, um, and she's like, "Oh, uh, the disc got stuck. That's never happened before." Um, and then they like just because like 
depending on what slot it falls in, you can either win like tickets or like, I even think you can win like money. You can win an autographed picture. And then they're just like, Oh, uh, that's never happened before. Um, well, and then I think they like gave him a prize, but I don't, it's like, I don't even think they gave him like the grand prize. They just gave him a prize. And then they may, then they do the thing like, all right, well, you know, tune in next time folks. And like, they show them and they like, they're supposed to like wave, you know, like, but it was just, like, they look confused. Like the guy looked confused. He's like, what, what happened? And then like, and then like, then he just started like waving. And I like envisioned like, you know, the can the, the camera guy be like, Hey kid wave, you know? <laughs> and like, he's like, Oh, okay. And he's like, just starts waving. And then they like, you know, cut away. But it's like, it's like the game broke. And like, I feel like if the game breaks, first of all, just play it again. But I guess they're on a tight schedule, but like, if it breaks, you got to give him like the, the the grand prize. And I think they, I, I was in the impression that they gave him like a shitty prize, and uh, it was weird. I don't know what happened after they they, they turned the camera off, but um, it was just uh, yeah. I mean, I get, I'd like to, I I guess you could say that could have happened to anyone, but it happened to the White Sox. So there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, def- definitely a flawed game. They'll have to fix that one. I I feel like this isn't the first time we've no. seen one of these promotions get messed up either. Right, yeah. I mean, you would think that there would be some sort of contingency plan. Like, okay, in case the fucking Klinko disc gets stuck, you know, just give the kid a fucking autograph, you know, Luis Garcia or Luis uh, Robert Robert shirt. And uh, instead they were like, you know, uh, yeah, uh, you get uh, a, a free bag or something. Like, it was weird. So Yeah, it was it, it was bad. Uh, we didn't see our friend uh, either. What, what's his name? Is it the- Chris? Chris, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we'll see Chris back. I don't know if he's moved on. He seems to every year that does. Every year we think he's going to move on, and and every year it isn't the year that he does. He's so. right back. They pull him right back in, and he's right. Oh back. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I guess we can kind of get into like the yeah these other people. Um, there was a group of people in front of us, uh, younger guys like in their twenties, um, and uh, there were two guys actually in Tim Anderson jerseys. Uh, mm-hmm. But the one guy was there. Um, I have a note about him. I called him Tim Anderson guy. Yeah. And I said he looks like an extra from Do the Right Thing. And then mm-hmm. I wrote. Then I wrote not funny. Um, so this guy, like, yeah, he had like. Um, I didn't get the chance to see his hair, but he had like those like those wire rimmed round glasses. Like I feel like Spike Lee has those glasses in, in uh, if not in like, well, it's kind of like the glasses he wears in real life. Uh, yeah. But but they're like I think the ones he wears now are black. But these were wire rimmed, um, and he just he, he looked like uh, Dwayne Wayne from uh, from a different world, or like uh, uh, just yeah an extra from like from Do the Right Thing or whatever. But like and he was just yelling stuff all night, but none of it was funny at all, not even remotely funny. And like even guys, even we you know we were around these guys all the time, even like the guys who yell a lot of stuff and aren't funny sometimes are funny once by accident but this guy was never ever funny and never like it was just weird like he just was unfazed like it, it, it he didn't he, he couldn't sense that he was wasn't being funny like i've you know we've seen that before where someone yells something and i think they think it's gonna be funny and then it dies and they're they kind of shut up after that but it, it just didn't happen for this guy uh but that didn't stop him from yelling um, someone yelled this and this is maybe in the realm of funny, but it was one of those things where like if from maybe it was yelled by somebody else, it would have been funny, but because it was these people, it was not funny. 
Uh, but Jake Berger came up uh, to bat. It's almost too on the nose, quite honestly. It's it's too easy. But someone, and I don't know if it was the 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 do the right thing guy or his friend who was also in a Tim Anderson jersey, also yelling some stuff, but wasn't as high profile as the other guy. Someone yelled when Jake Berger was up. They're like, "Come on, cheeseburger!" And it just wasn't funny. Like it's like. No. If if Richard would have said that, it, it would have been hilarious. But this guy, <laughs> this guy was it was just it was like, yeah, you're not Richard, dude. Like you're not even you know the eager leaner. So shove no. off. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, one one thing about Jake Berger, uh, is is the the Gene Honda announcement of his name didn't uh, didn't disappoint. It was just Jake Berger. It's like yeah, nice. that's a that's a classic Gene Honda right there um but yeah to, to your point about the tim anderson guy it, it's like the whole thing where you know a stop clock's even a stop clock's got to be right twice a day mm-hmm. um or, or as they say in uh, jack mccall says in deadwood he goes well 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 wow bill even a stop clock's got to be right sometimes <laughs> i i always like that version of that uh phrase better because it's a little bit it's a little off or like a little wrong um but yeah, in- inevitably, if somebody's yelling something, uh, something's going to be memorable. And besides, possibly this cheeseburger thing, this guy didn't say anything good, even though he persisted to yell the entire game. And I, I was just thinking, what what is it about a baseball game that people just feel empowered to yell, to just yell stuff? Where else can you go and just just yell like whatever you want? Um, yeah. however vulgar you want to make it, we'll get to that a little bit later, yeah. but you can just, you can just yell stuff. You can just yell stuff at a baseball game. They don't, you don't even do that at other sports games. No. People, unless, unless people are arguing a call, nobody ever yells at like basketball games. No. Really? No. Uh, people don't yell at football games really, but just at a baseball game, people just holler. They just holler stuff. Cause yeah. that's what you do at a baseball game, I guess. Maybe football, but like, maybe, yeah, not, maybe football, maybe not, but not basketball. Like. And, and like, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, Jack, that's that's one thing that I use as a selling point sometimes, like for my friends, like if I would like, you know, I don't know. I feel like when I was in high school or college or something and I would try to get people to go to a game with me or whatever, or like I was trying to like sell the experience of going to a baseball game. I, I would say that's one of the things I would say is like you can just yell stuff like just, you know, it's it's fun. Just you could just yell and like yeah. and it's part of the experience. And like, where else can you do that? Um, it can be cathartic, but it also can make you it can expose you for being a an an, an asshole uh, or an idiot. Um, so there's that also. So you got to be careful, but uh, you know, some, there's something to be said for that too. It's also like, Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's just, it's a very, very strange thing. I don't, I don't know if it's because there's no clock in baseball and baseball is just more of a, just a process. Uh, you know, like there, there's nothing else like watching a baseball game live. Uh, like, like if you're at a concert, you're not going to like heckle the, the concert person just just or the the musician just because yeah no not um not the not the band you go to see sometimes there's some groups of of there's some music genres where they they razz the opening band but those people are definitely (laughs) assholes um so so yeah but uh yeah so it's weird so yeah so that's how we get cheeseburger come on cheeseburger for this yeah it's so that yeah that was that and you know that that guy sucked eventually he moved down a a little bit uh so he wasn't as much of a factor yeah he was still noticeable yeah and now and speaking of people moving so that so let's i think all of this kind of like kind of molds into each other so it Tim Tim Anderson guy does make a, a reappearance later on, but um, the people who we spoke of earlier who had the food who uh, Richard commented on at some point in the game it started raining. Um, 
and it kind of rained like the whole game uh but like we were yeah. covered and it just didn't phase us and like the game didn't stop at all but a lot of people actually actually not a lot of people it was weird it rained but like most of the people stayed sat in the rain it was weird i don't know like i that's a weird thing like i don't think sitting in the rain makes you a better baseball fan it's like at some point at some point common sense just kicks kicks in and you're like let me sit under an underhang you know yeah um, um and the some the seats were kind of soaked too um like at the end of the game so those people were getting wet yeah so i will say at least for these people even though they they were idiots um they did have the good sense to move out of the rain um at the very least your phone is going to get damaged you know you you, yeah. you would think you would move but uh, these people ended up it was the same people who had the food um they ended up moving behind us and i think they kind of sat they were directly behind us so they were like and they were a little bit over to the right so they didn't block like my my like uh you know audio range of, of richard and joe but um they were over like our right shoulders basically um, and they were yelling some stuff and they were getting pretty, they were getting pretty randy. They were, they were really feeling it out and pushing the boundaries. And, you know, we rewind back to uh, several years ago where we went to um, the Kansas City Royals White Sox game, first game of the year. And someone stands up in the middle of, you know, with no one else standing, he stands up completely silent and he goes, fuck Casey. And then promptly was ejected from the stadium. Um, yeah, he said it twice. It was like, fuck KC, fuck KC, yeah. go White Sox. Uh, <laughs> it was extremely loud. Yes. But like you said, he was ejected immediately. Immediately, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know if this is post-pandemic or what. There weren't a lot of like ushers there this night for some reason. Um, and I don't know if things are just looser than the pan after the pandemic or whatever, but these guys were like really, really feeling it. And, um, I don't know, we're a couple like dirt bags too, but like, sure. There's something about yelling this kind of stuff. That's like, it's disrespectful to the game a little bit. <laughs> just... Well, it's disrespectful to the game and the people who, who are sitting around you. Cause right. Hey, like, 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 you know, like you said, we're not, we're not a couple of prudes or anything, but I, you know, a baseball game is a family affair. Like if, if I, uh, you know, if I was a dad and I brought, you know, my two young kids to the game, they, they don't need to be hearing the shit that we're about to tell you. These people said, <laughs> right. We will say it, but you know, on yes. this podcast, but right. and only for educational purposes, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, um, it's just, yeah, there's, there's that too. And it's just, it's just not right. Like, it's like, you can't just yell anything. That's the whole thing. Like we just said, you can yell stuff, but you can't yell anything because if you could yell anything, you know, you would, you could just yell anything and it would lose all like power. Right. The more you like, like you give a, a, you give us a, a kid the license to swear, they'll lose all interest. Right. So right. like you, you can't just yell this stuff and, and, and like have it lose its effectiveness. Um, so, uh, so we'll tell you the things that they yelled. Um, so when David Fletcher, uh, came up to yell or to, to, to yell, to, to bat, <laughs> um, <laughs> they were, uh, they were razzing David Fletcher. And I think this is afterwards. He hit like a, he hit a double, so you would think that that would shut up the crowd. Uh, but this guy was yelling, three-inch Peter, three-inch Peter. Like, I guess, oh, yeah, that's right, because um, then he got, like, tagged, too. So he hit the double, and so he must have been yelling three-inch Peter before that. So, okay, so David Fletcher has a three-inch penis. Okay, cool. Um, he hit a double, and he was, like, sliding into second, and he was. it was one of those things where the ball beat him, but he slid 
and um, kind of he he didn't do a swim move because he went feet first, but he kind of slid away from the tag and was safe. Uh, and a it, nice slide. Yeah, it was a nice slide. They reviewed it, and this the the tag did kind of come in like on his thigh or whatever, and like his inner thigh or something. And so I was I was saying in my head, and or at least and to you, Jack, like if he had if he if he didn't have a three inch Peter, he might have been tagged out. Um, so I, in this situation, it was a good thing that he had a three inch penis, I guess. Um, that, that joke would have been way over their head. Yes, it would. Yeah. I don't think it would have hit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that happened then. Um, I don't remember who was batting. Oh, well, it was Tim Anderson. Uh, yeah, so sure Tim was. Anderson was batting. Um, someone in front of us, I think with the Tim Anderson guy was, was going like, Timmy, which like that. That's not like what? Why are you saying that out loud? Why are you making that be in my ears? That that is nothing. It's not clever. It's not fun. It's not smart. It's you're just like saying stuff to hear yourself talk. Whatever. It was bad. Um, but then uh, the guy over my shoulder. Do you want to say this one, Jack? Or I don't want to take all the good lines. Yeah. Why not? Why not? So um, so you know this other guy. He starts yelling at Tim Anderson too, very loudly. Remember, Um, this is all for educational purposes. Right. Uh, so he, this guy is being super loud. He's just kind of yelling Tim Anderson's name, too. And then all of a sudden he yells, uh, Hey, Timmy, if you miss this, I'm missing my pussy appointment tonight. <laughs> um, and let, let's keep in mind that this guy was with two women. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I don't know if they were his sisters or his, his friends or one of them was his girlfriend or what. I felt like he um, was with one of them. I felt like one was yeah. his like earthly wife, you know. <laughs> I, I, I did, too, um, which, which makes it even more embarrassing for her. Yeah. Uh, so, so he, he says this and, you know, let's, let's, that, that statement, that statement doesn't make any sense. First of all, <laughs> again, it's not funny. Like it's not clever at all. No. You're just yelling, you're just yelling it to yell and you're just yelling something vulgar for the sake of it. Yes. Um, yeah. but also just, you know, the length of baseball games is a problem. And if you have an appointment to get to, uh, Tim Anderson getting a hit is actually going to, you know, that, that would actually make you miss the appointment. Right. As opposed to just him making it out, then this game is going to be over quicker. Uh, but also, if, if your relationship is hanging on, you know, those <laughs> slender threads, where if Tim Anderson getting a base hit uh, is going to, you know, in, in an April game that's that's basically meaningless, is going to determine what your what your love life is like. Like, I don't know. You need to maybe examine a few things. So you, need, just a, you need to cheer for a better team, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, cheer for a team yeah. with a higher team at batting average you, you, you know <laughs> so goes the batting as goes the batting average so goes your you know sexual conquests i guess but uh yeah no it was it was it was not good and um yeah just it didn't make any sense uh it just it didn't make any sense um oh. and then tim anderson flew out too and then and then he was like oh man like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I, I actually and then i think i actually think you know, fuck. So maybe Tim Anderson did say something funny, the Tim Anderson guy, because I think then he said like, "Well, you ain't getting any tonight or something." <laughs> so maybe that was I don't know. God, it was just absurd. But yeah, so that happened. Um, then later on, um, I don't remember who was batting again. Sure. Could it have been Yasmani Grandal? Because I feel like it was a flyout to right uh, again. So it might have been. I'm looking at the box score and like. Grandal flew out, uh, Berger flew out, Harrison flew out. One of these guys, um, I could I could handle this one, Jack, if you want. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's like uh, like Steve Stone said to Jason Benetti, uh, I'll let you handle this one, partner. <laughs> uh, at, the end, at the end of that no hitter, right? Because right? it was a special. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> it's a special moment. So, right. um, first thing first um, is um, they were doing. They were playing like, uh, if you're happy and you know and clap your hands. And <laughs> the guy behind us said, if you're happy and you know it, smoke weed. <laughs> And then Tim Anderson, this one was as if he didn't even hear the guy say this. But then the guy, the Tim Anderson guy in front of us goes like, if you smoke weed, clap your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't, it's so pained. It's so painfully tried to fit into the, the you know, the rhyming scheme or like the, the, <laughs> the meter of the, of the original song that it just was so bad. It didn't make any sense. Uh, and then like right after that, um, the guy behind us, the same guy who yelled about the pussy appointment, he goes like, all right, if he hits, <laughs> I can't even say it. He's like, if he, if he hits this one, everyone's getting a big booty bitch tonight. <laughs> oh God. It, it might've been Luis Robert who did this uh-huh. because the next note, I don't know if it happened at the same time. I started just grouping together these notes by by person. Sure. But yeah. So he yells. He yells that, and uh, then he the guy flies out again. Like they kept jinxing themselves. Um. So so yeah. So that didn't happen. Um. Yeah. But but it did happen. It did happen. But it didn't happen. Um, yeah. And uh, then later on, uh, Luis Robert came up. Uh, I think it was Luis Robert. Um. Uh. Who's from Cuba. Um. And uh, the guy goes, um, Fidel Castro died for you to make it to the majors. Come on. <laughs> Which, again, I think I think he knows that Fidel Castro is from Cuba. I don't even think he knows that Fidel Castro liked baseball. But right. he just know, made that connection, and so he yelled that. Yeah, that, that's like uh, John Belushi talking about when the Germans bombed <laughs> Pearl Harbor yeah, in exactly, Animal House. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, perfect, yeah. Um, um, yeah, didn't... didn't it didn't add up but no so that yeah that that was just ridiculous but like i said jeremy this ties it back to the thing i said before where this stuff is happening in every section yes um i I guarantee you there was some other yahoo in the section right next to us who was just yelling similar like stupid stuff Mm -hmm. um or if not that something else so it's just you can't escape it when you go to these games it's not like oh man we got so lucky with the section we sat in like we just we just sat where we normally sat and let let these people come to us that's the reality, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah it was it was really something. Uh, a couple of foul balls came by us. Uh, first of all, we should go back to the uh, the guy who took the picture of his uh, his hot dog. Yeah. Uh, a couple a couple innings later, he ended up he was eating a pizza. So again, like this guy was just he was living his best life at the White yeah. Sox game, which was great. But uh, yeah, Mike Trout came up to bat uh, midway through the game. And uh, so the White Sox, they have a, a weird screen. Uh, so some baseball stadiums have this screen like that behind home plate, and it actually extends over the uh, over the over all the seats behind home plate as well. I think the Brewers might have that at their at their stadium, but the White Sox doesn't have any covering. So so pop ups or like line drives will will fall fall behind the screen. So. Uh, we knew we might get a foul ball, and sure enough, off the bat of Mike Trout, uh, two of them almost came came at us in the same at bat. So yeah. one of them. Well, it, it happened. Was, it happened last year with Danny Mendick, like, it did. And, and Jack had his hand on the ball. Um, and it, yeah, there, sure there is a, there is a screen there, but it's like, and and even when we were there, I'm like, they must have raised the screen because the the angle of where the home plate is and the top of the screen and where our seats were, it just doesn't seem like it could all like 
add up. Like it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it would all add up, but but sure enough, yeah, uh, Trout hit two uh, back back to us. Yeah, he he did. And the first one, so when a ball comes at you at a game, uh, I, I would almost describe it as like it it seems to be happening in slow motion, even when it's a line drive. It seems like it takes so long for it to get to you, and and you're trying to make the judgment call like, oh, like is this coming to me? Is it not coming to me? Like your your depth perception is just off. Yeah. Um. And then usually by the time you realize that it's coming to you, uh, it's too, too late. late. <laughs> um. So that was what happened with this trout ball. So thank God, because this thing was gonna hit me. It was a, it was a screamer. Yeah. But we were we were under the awning by like a row or two. Yeah. And you know they they say like sports is a lot you know a game <laughs> of inches right like. Yeah. If the if that baseball had been one inch lower, it would have come down on me. But it hit the it hit the top of the it, it hit the very bottom of the awning uh, on the second deck and and then bounced in front of us. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a little glad that it did because I didn't have a mitt with me. Um, I would have either just had to take the ball on my body because I wouldn't have wanted to try to barehand it or like duck duck out of the way and then hope I could catch it on a ricochet. That was that that would not have been a fun one to try to make a play on. Yeah, it was uh, it was bad. Um, <clears throat> and you know, as much as you want to foul ball, it's like you don't really want to break your hand doing it. Mm-mm. And um, especially, uh, I mean, and a ball from Mike Trout would be fucking awesome to get. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a tough situation. Like you, you, you make the judgment in that split second where it's coming at you, and it looks like it's just growing, but it's actually mm-hmm. coming at you. Um, you know, you have to decide like. Am I going to go for Am I going to risk breaking my hand for this? Like if you had a mitt, you know, and you were ready for it, I guess you probably would just go for it. I mean, I would sure. still, you know, it would be like me in Little League where a ball was coming at me and I would go like, ball, you know, and like <laughs> fucking like either and like miss it like on purpose just, you know, to avoid like, um, you know, anything like avoid any sort of adulation or like pain, um, <clears throat> you know, but um, but yeah, like without a mitt, it's just like it's a very dicey proposition. So, um, so it, it, it ricocheted off. And like, I was looking at Jack and, and, and honestly, Jack, you know, I'm kind of like, <laughs> no, this, this happens to serve me well because it takes me out of harm's way, but I'm also, I'm trying to defer to Jack on any sort of balls right now because I'm, <laughs> I'm one up on him. So like, right. you know, uh, but you know, and I would gladly step away from this ball because that means that I'm not going to get fucking uh, smoked by it. But uh, so so it bounces off and I look at Jack and I've never seen Jack make this face before either. But his eyes were huge and he is actually like pounding his chest. And he's like, whoa, like like it was like it was the most animated I think I've ever seen Jack. Um, Christ, yeah. And uh, yeah, he was he was really feeling it. And I, I felt it for him. Um, but I wasn't shaken up just yet. Uh, however, like two pitches later. Then the ball screams to my left and like I was on the aisle so I could I kind of had free reign to go for it and I actually did go for it but it it went to the row behind us and it like you know it it smacked off the seat and then went under and I was like I was in a position where I could have maybe stolen it from underneath from behind but it ended up trickling down like two rows and who gets it but of course, like our our uh, tourist friend, uh, our tourist shutterbug friend, um, who's taking the photos um, of his food. Um, so that was, I mean, I was happy for him. We, we we said multiple times, if anyone in this section would have gotten it, we were glad that it was this guy. Yeah, like either him or uh, or Joe. I think I would have yeah. been happy for. Right. Um, 
you know, you're very, very rarely are you happy for someone who gets a foul ball. Most yeah. of the time it's like, oh, that, that guy got a foul ball or yes. like that fucking, you know, gargoyle that, that took the ball away from me, um, <laughs> you know, last year, that Danny Mendick ball, like, yeah. fuck, you know, fuck that guy. But like this, this dude who was the tourist, um, who was clearly like having a great time at the game. Ah, you know, I'm glad he got to, got to walk away with it. Yeah, for sure. I was like, it was so painful because I'm like, oh my God, a Mike Trout foul ball. That would be so cool to get. I'm like, I hope this guy really appreciates that he got it. And he, he was taking a bunch of pictures of it. This, for, but for some reason this time, he wasn't using his like nice camera. He was just using his phone. But I, it did, uh, uh, it, I, I was upset for one moment because he was still eating that slice of pizza when he got the ball. And I'm like, and I felt like, and he was, now he was like, trying to take a picture of the ball. He was kind of like cradling his pizza and trying to take the picture with his left hand. And I, I, I was, the ball was getting like dangerously close to the pizza. And I was worried that like he was going to get pizza grease on the ball. And I'm like, no, no, don't let that happen, please. Um, and to his credit, he kept like looking at the ball and he kept taking, he took more pictures of it. He was just like, like holding it in his hand and admiring it for like, you know, the next inning afterwards so like i you know again i felt good that it went to a, a proper home yet at the same time i was also watching to see if he got up and he was going to leave the ball behind because i was going to take it <laughs> but uh because i thought maybe he might just be like oh cool i got this ball all right see ya and then put it in the cup holder and just like leave um but uh, i think he took it with him um so i hope he values that ball because uh it's pretty cool to get one off yeah. of mike trout's bat yeah, um, absolutely. Um, speaking of Mike Trout, he he made an awesome catch later on in the game too, which was also really cool to see. Yeah, he he robbed Jose Abreu of a, a double. Um, yeah, he made a he made a running catch. It wasn't quite a rob of a home run, um, but he leaped in front of the wall and uh, caught the ball at the warning track. It was very cool. You mentioned Jeremy. If any cameras had captured that, it would be a perfect baseball card yeah. for him. Uh, but yeah, again, like you know, that's what you come to see, right? You 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 go to see the Angels. You uh you want to see Otani hit a home run? You want to see Mike Trout do something good? Uh, we got to see him make an amazing catch. So yeah, that's just a that's a win. That's totally not disappointing at all. Yeah, no, no, it's very cool. Um, so yeah, happy with that for sure. Um, the the wave happened. Um, you knew at, it would. Yeah, yeah, the wave happened at the game. I was a little distracted at this point because um, uh, well, I had to. I was buying some tickets for a concert the next night that. A couple went on. It was sold out, and a couple had happened to go on sale while I was at the game. So I was I was kind of busy with that. So then the wave was going on. Jack, did anything of note happen during that? It just it, it did. It went on for a while. The wave. Yeah, I mean, no, not really. It was just your typical wave that was distracting and and stupid. Um, yeah, yeah, you you were you were into buying those tickets, man. You got on your phone at one point too, and you were like talking. I don't know if you were talking to your wife, but uh, I was yeah. like, damn, Jeremy's like. You know, there's some sort of transaction going on here. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, it was uh, it was a big deal. It was um, uh, Amy Mann at the Old Town School of Folk Music, which is uh, a very small, intimate venue. And um, she had missed these tickets. So I was like I was um, determined to get us in there somehow. And sure enough, we were able to do it. So that was pretty cool. Well, that's yeah. Well, that's uh, that's good. Um, uh, well, we uh, so yeah, that was that wasn't about the seventh inning that that wave started uh, right right around the same time. Uh, these two guys came and sat in our section. They they were both dressed the same. They had like khaki pants on and black button down shirts that were tucked in, and uh, they they both had glasses and like spiky spiky hair. Yeah. Um. They they almost looked like twins. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't know if they just come from work 
or what i'm trying to i'm trying to like figure out like a way to describe what I, they look like i know it's hard to like i almost want to say they look like the the proclaimers the guys like i will sure. walk 500 yeah, okay, miles that works yeah that, but, that, that that's the guy is is that the da, 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 yeah. that band yeah yeah exactly okay, yeah um go. So, and they like, but they looked, but like a modern version of that, if you could, like their hair was a little shorter and they, they looked kind of like, yeah, I mean, like they just look like dorky guys, but like, but yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, they, they just like, they, they wandered into our section and, um, like had us get up and, you know, let them through, but they clearly, they clearly uh, weren't issued those seats. So it was weird. And they weren't there very long either, I don't think, were they? No. Well, what happened was it was in the middle of an inning. Like, they were like, oh, all right, yeah, sorry, guys, sorry. And they, they came through, and they made us stand up for them. And then, like, whatever. Uh, so they were sitting at my right. And then, like, just at the end of the half inning, one of the guys got up again and was like, hey, hey, sorry, sorry. Like, he had to go through our section. And I don't know if he heard me, but when, I, when, I, when like, he made me get up, like, I kind of looked away from him, and I grimaced, and I went, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> um, and I, maybe he heard me because he was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then, like, he never tried to get through our section again. Like, he, he would either go through, like, the, t- uh, the row behind us or the row in front of us to, like, get to his seat. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he heard me complain. But it's like, dude, if you're going to sit down, don't just get the fuck up a half inning later. Like, come on. Right. Jesus I mean, for your Christ. own sake, like, I, you know, people don't like to be pinned into an aisle. And if you know that oh. you're going to just get the hell, the hell up again, do yourself a, do yourself a favor and sit on at the end of an aisle somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was bizarre, though. Like, like you said, those guys clearly weren't sitting there and they, they showed up in like the seventh inning. So that was uh, that yeah. was strange. So also, when the seventh inning ended, the White Sox had a little bit of rally going, whatever uh, that fizzled out. Um, seventh inning ends. And most of the stadium starts to head head for the exits. The announced crowd was a little over twenty three thousand, uh, and everybody starts heading for the exits. Uh, and the funny thing is that Trout and Otani were on deck yeah. to hit next for the Angels in the top of the eighth. <laughs> they were so leading the, off the eighth. They were leading off the eighth inning. The two most exciting players in baseball. Well, you have the most exciting player in baseball, Shohei Otani, who has, like, for the last year been the story of the major leagues doing yeah. things that have never been done before yeah. in modern baseball since Babe since Babe Ruth. Yep. And then you have Mike Trout, who is arguably the greatest player of the decade, yeah. uh, one of the probably top 30 players of all time, future Hall of Famer. Um, you have these two guys who are leading off this inning. All you have to do is stay an extra five minutes to watch yeah. these guys bat. Yeah. And it's just like there's no awareness that these guys were even in the game at all. That just these no. people just filing out. No. In fact, um <clears throat> yeah, like I think that um Jesus, like I like maybe like I don't know, like some like guys on the white side like Josh Harrison got a bigger pop at times than than like Trouter Otani. It's just I you know Talk about fans who like you know will cheer on like an opposing pitcher getting a no hitter against you. Like this was just like no clue whatsoever about no. what what context was happening on the other side of the, the the field for the Angels. So it was just absurd. But at the same time, I would expect nothing more. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. Um. Yeah. Most definitely. So uh, that was just uh, that's just something you have to shake your head at. Uh, also, near the end of the game, uh, there was a group of about. 10 uh, people who looked like they were in their early 20s. Um, yeah. And they were about to leave, but they had to get their pictures taken with each other first. And <laughs> they had they, to get you know, their were, pictures. 
Yep. Yeah, they had to get their pictures in. And, you know, they were doing that thing where, like, they would kind of go down about halfway, you know, into the aisle, like, down by the field. And, like, you know, someone would take a picture of them. So it's like you get a picture uh, with the field in the background. Um, and first of all, this was all, this was all very distracting to uh, the fan who was trying to watch the game because um, <laughs> there's, there's just all this stuff going on literally uh, five feet to our left. Um, and uh, so that was distracting. And then Jeremy was razzing him because he's like, yeah, as a guy who knows about like photography and like film, like just those pictures are, that they're taking are just terrible right now. Yeah, um, there's no way that they'll come out there completely 100% backlit. Yeah, uh, so it was just a it was just a shit show. But it took them ten minutes to take all of their pictures. It was it was very annoying. I feel like it took ten minutes just for this one guy. So yes, they they took some group shots. But then there's like one guy, this one poor schmuck, who like was like like standing there, and he like he was posing for the picture. And God help this guy, he was posed with like the kind of like the the thumb and the pinky out, like kind of like the hang loose sign. It's like hey, I'm at the Wet Sox game. And, like, having the time of my life, who the fuck is Shohei Otani? I don't have any fucking clue. <laughs> but um, he's taking the picture. And, like, the girl who's taking his picture is just, like, you know, I'm sure she took it. And I'm sure he was completely, like, a silhouette. Like, he was in the Witness Protection Program or something, giving an <laughs> interview about fucking where, you know, John Gotti, or, uh, yeah, his body is, uh, Gotti's corpse is. Um, and, yeah. like, you know, he's just like, hey, hang loose, brother. <laughs> And like, and she's like, oh no, no, no! It turned out it didn't. It, it, you're all in shadow. Like, it's all dark. Like, you know. And then her solution, instead of using the flash, her solution is like, oh, just go further down the the, the aisle. And so he goes back like three rows, and it's like, boom! You know, hang loose, back up. All right, take two, let's go. <laughs> and like, and she t- tries it again. It's like, no, you're still dark. And then he goes back even further. And they they fucking tried this. For like ten minutes, it felt like, yeah. and mm-hmm. and never making any adjustments to the the approach at all. Just like just get further down, which is doing nothing. Um, so I don't know if they eventually gave up or what. Um, at one point, some guy from lower in the stands got up to try to leave, and he was like, he got like like blocked off by the group taking a picture, who who was then like you know, you know, end to end blocking the aisle, so he couldn't get through. Um, and uh, it was just a debacle. Like the whole that f- whole photo thing was just a debacle. It's one of those things where yeah. it's like I feel like I should ju- go in and be like, hey, you know, try to do a flash or let me like flash my flashlight on this guy's face so you can do it. But this this fucking dope was just kept throwing up the hang loose, you know, for like like each attempt. Like it's like they did as many takes as like Stanley Kubrick did, like you know, <laughs> on, on uh, <laughs> with with Shelley Duvall or something yeah. on The Shining. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was just it was just bad. Yeah, it, it was. Um, yeah, and, and like you said, uh, it it didn't wrap up for a while, especially once all those people were were back and blocking the aisle. So that was that was annoying. Uh, we heard some chants for Ozzy Ozzy Gian um, uh, towards the end of the game as well. Um, yeah, Jeremy, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be the last time we hear that. No, but I, I instant returns on last week's over under prediction right. episode is like I I heard it, <clears throat> and before I can even could even reply to Jack, I'm like, I'm counting that. I'm counting that because oh, yeah. that is one towards the, uh, you know, I why why did we get rid of this guy? Um, chant. I'm counting that towards that that over under prop bet. Um, sure. So I think it was like 
I think it was like three and a half or two and a half or something. Yeah, so let's see. Yeah, it was. Yeah, three, three and a half. I think it looks like. All yep. right, well, I'm counting that because why would you chant the name of a, a manager who hasn't managed your team in ten years at a game unless you wanted him back? Unless you thought because I think it was during like a pitching change, right? And like Larusa was out there, and they were yes. yelling like Ozzy, Ozzy, or whatever. It's like why would you yell that unless you were unless you were insinuating that? So I'm counting that. Towards the over-under. And for the record, Jeremy, it's 2.5. So we okay. only need it to happen twice more to get the over on that oh, one. Oh, that's cake, man. That That's that's, that's <laughs> money in the bank right there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, and we'll, we got plenty more White Sox games to go. Um, nice. All right. So, uh, so yeah, we, we had to take the train back north uh, after the game. Uh, and it was it was a bad outfit trying to get on that train. Um, it's, it's always a dicey affair, and um, you know, like you you, I mean, you run to the red line, and it's just like the platform is overflowing with people. Luckily, the train is empty when it gets there, uh, mostly empty, except for the poor bastards who actually like live down there and are actually trying to commute for like work or whatever, or to get home or whatever. They're on the train, and then all these like idiots like pour onto the train. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, and it, it must have been a while since the last train had come because there were there were like ten thousand people waiting for the train at this at this L stop. So finally, the train comes and uh, we get on, and and then they just say the train is going to be standing for about a minute. So uh, so yeah, the train just stands there, probably waiting to load more people on. Our car wasn't ridiculously full, but this group of like twenty something bros yeah. gets on our car, uh, and then they were missing somebody from their party whose name was. Emerson, yeah, um, you know, man, the only the only Emerson I know is Ralph Waldo, dude. So like, <laughs> who the who the fuck's name is Emerson? But yeah, I uh, mean, these are the kinds of guys who White Sox fans like torch Cubs fans about. Like, you know, like you got these like fucking frat boys out in the bleachers. It's like, hey man, you got them, you got them on the south side too. That's a problem with with like yeah. calling people out like that. It's like they all have bro fans, and this guy was the broiest of the bros. And not only does he look like a fucking bro, but he's yelling the name Emerson, which is the name of his friend out the, the train car window uh, door because the guy was like drunk and didn't know like what to, he's like. He's sitting on the train. He's sitting on the platform right now. Emerson, come on, man. Just get in the car. I'll tell you where to go later. I'll text you. And it's like, dude, you're going to get yourself killed by yelling Emerson, man. That like I would rob that fucker in a second if, if someone was like, <laughs> this guy's friend's Emerson? Oh, fuck this guy. He does he has no street smarts. I'm going to rob this guy. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's just the softest name you could possibly have is Emerson. Yes. Um, yeah, So and, and also these guys are just drinking beers on the train. Right, that's the uh, other thing well. too. They had yeah, cans and, of Miller Lite. Yeah, and... I just, I guess, I just don't understand that mentality where it's like, okay, yeah, let's just let's go to a game and just get as wasted as we possibly can. Um, that just, that just doesn't sound fun to me. Um, yeah. And like, wh- where were they going after that? Another bar? But it's just like, Jesus, man, there's just, how, how sloppy can you possibly be and still want to go out? Um, yeah, you would I, think that that would be an, an, a, like a natural time to not have a drink when you're on a public transportation, right? Uh, you know, system. Uh, it's like, well, surely no one can expect me to have a beer on this train. I'll just have one when we get to the the bar. But no, um, and no, no doubt they bought those from those beer vendor guys, like those beer cooler oh, yeah. guys on the street. Which is another hazard of the whole situation, is because then <laughs> those idiots buy them, they bring them onto the train, they they crush them, and then they like throw the cans on the ground, and then some poor bastard CTA guy has to clean that up. So. 
It's yeah. a problem. This is why this is why you don't sell beer cans on the middle of the street. Um, no, but yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, you know, if that was like a thing you could do, people would be selling beer beer at every corner in Chicago. Um, yeah, yeah, just it doesn't make sense. Also, on the train, uh, some somebody was giving me the side eye, uh, like yeah. some some guy or maybe some kid. I, I don't know how old they were. Yeah, they, they had like a, a full bandana around their face and forehead, and they definitely had some tattoos on their forehead as well. Yes. Uh, but they were they were looking at me, giving me the stink eye, and Jeremy said, "Hey, Jack, you might want to you might want to put your phone away." Um, yeah, he said, "Hold it, your you phone know, tight." Yeah, yeah. Uh, just not sure if uh, that person was gonna, you know, had had bad thoughts on their mind. I don't know, but it it also seems like they may have been staring at my scorecard as well. <laughs> you also were holding your scorecard like with the same hand you were holding the uh, railing, and I thought they were just reading your scorecard. So either this person had bad intentions. Or he was just a baseball fan, and I, <laughs> I've horribly mischaracterized him. But, uh, yeah, you know, I guess you can never be too careful. Um, and, uh, you know, that surely should happen to Emerson, but not to us. Um, yeah, for sure. And, yeah, so then we, we get a couple stops up um, to the very, very south south loop, you know, if you even want to call it that. Um and they get on, they get, we get to the train stop and it's worse. So then they, they do say like, um, all right, folks, you know, what, uh, what, where do we Roosevelt? They're like, Roosevelt is next. Uh, this train will be sitting at Roosevelt. And it's like, ah, fuck. Okay, great. And we get to Roosevelt and there's a bunch of people, a bunch of like loud, rowdy people on the platform who push them, push their way into an already packed car with a bunch of loud, rowdy people. And, um, it just seemed like a recipe for disaster. There was a lot of um, uh, tension, I guess, in the air. So then, then they they kind of all push themselves into the train, kind of waiting for the tra- the doors to close, so they are kind of like locked in, and the train will start going. Uh, but then the, the announcer gets on and says, "All right, folks, this train will be sitting for a few minutes because of a medical emergency." And one of the guys who got on the train, I don't know if you heard this, Jack, but he goes like, mm-hmm. "He's like, man, I'm just like, I'm just trying to get home." He's like, "Fucking die later." Like die after I get home, uh, like and then he goes like you. Everyone's thinking it. And he's like so he's basically telling this person who had a medical injury to you know a situation to die later after his stop, um, which is pretty hardcore. I would say of all the things that were yelled, that was one of the more hardcore things I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. And um, yeah. yeah. Go, well, uh, at this point, we were just tired of waiting. We were, um, so we just we decided to bail uh, and walk a little bit north to a different train. But sure enough, uh, the moment we got off the red line, uh, someone got off immediately after me and and hurled. Yeah, um, we were kind of standing there, like debating whether we were gonna just wait for another train, take an Uber, walk, whatever. But we were still on the platform because we didn't want to like leave and pay again. And yeah, it seemed like this guy kind of came out of nowhere. And Jack like sidestepped and he just goes right by Jack and starts puking on the ground. And yeah. Yeah. And I think we were like, let's get the fuck out of here, man. He, he didn't hit me, but it, that was a nice, if we, if we had looked up at the heavens and said, Hey, give us a sign about what we're supposed to do here. Yeah. Um, that was the perfect one. It was, it was, uh, it was an un, uh, unmistakable sign to get the fuck out GTFO, which we did. And we yeah. got up uh, to service level and we just walked to the Brown line, basically like about a 10 minute walk or so. Yeah, Jeremy, I, I hope I'm never that guy who just hurls uh, on a CTA platform. So that's you know that's yeah. one of my one of my ambitions. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good look. Um, 
No. But uh, but yeah, and it wasn't even the guys we were just talking about. It was a whole different set of idiots, you know. Right. Right. So that was our first excursion to a White Sox oh, game. Um, yeah. Like you said, you know, it, it's not even worth prefacing it with, you know, it's quite a doozy because they they all are. Yeah, this was a good one. This is this one uh, I would say though was was uh, the best one in a, in a while for White Sox, and that's saying something. Sure. Um, but, um, uh, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe it's just a, a bunch of pent up frustration from Sox fans who haven't been to a game in a while. Uh, the team losing, yeah. I don't know, but it was it was a good one, and we'll be back again in a couple weeks though too. Yeah, we are. We got the tickets already in hand. So, um, yeah, there's you know maybe some uh, some angst about the the slow start with the high expectations. Um, but, uh, you know, we can only hope that they keep free falling. They've won, I think the last two games. So yeah, they, they split the series with the angels. So that, yeah. that's kind of disappointing. So hopefully they, you know, hopefully they have a bad week. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we get those renewed tensions. Um, but yeah, but I guess, uh, that'll wrap this one up for now. Um, uh, you know, again, follow us on rain delay theater, uh, uh, Twitter at rain delay pod. Um, also, um, well, the Instagram is, uh, seen better days, but, uh, it's still out there. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, just Twitter is a place to go for us right now until, uh, you know, Elon Musk, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) removes any outstanding bands (laughs) once he takes over Twitter. Yeah. And Hey, maybe, maybe we'll uh, get the Instagram going too in a a few weeks, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Follow us on Twitter, please. Um, okay. That's going to, uh, wrap it up for this episode, uh, for rain delay theater. I'm Jack Swakowski and I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later.